Hello, everyone. I'm Ariane DeVogue, CNN Supreme Court reporter, in for David Chalian, and this is the CNN Political Briefing. This week, the Supreme Court agreed to take up a key abortion case next term, with so much on the line. The Supreme Court has agreed to take up a major abortion case this fall. The Mississippi law banning most abortions after 15 weeks, potentially setting up a major challenge to Roe v. Wade in the majority conservative court. This is what conservatives have been waiting for, and uh, Trump and McConnell certainly delivered. Critics say that this case is a direct challenge to Roe v. Wade. It's also the biggest abortion case the court has heard since 1992. It can tell us so much about the priorities of this conservative court. So this week, we're going to take you through the basics of the Mississippi case, how we got to this point, and what this means for both sides of the issue. Let's first give you a little background on the case in question. The state has a 15-week abortion ban, which then-Governor Phil Bryant, a Republican, signed into law in 2018. Mississippi Governor Phil Bryant has signed some of the nation's toughest restrictions on abortions into law. House Bill 1510 was signed into law on Monday, and it goes into effect immediately. There are exceptions, but only for medical emergencies or cases in which there is a severe fetal abnormality, not for instances of rape or incest. The law was struck down in November 2018 by a federal judge in Mississippi, and the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit upheld that ruling in December 2019. Mississippi then asked the Supreme Court to take up the case, and the justices put that decision off for months. This week, they finally agreed to hear it for next term. In doing so, they could gut or limit the 1973 landmark Supreme Court decision Roe v. Wade, which protects a woman's right to abortion prior to viability. As it currently stands, viability can occur at around 24 weeks of pregnancy. Mississippi is only the latest in a litany of states pushing for more restrictive abortion laws. South Carolina, Oklahoma and Idaho have codified bans this year on abortion at the onset of a fetal heartbeat. Also this year, Arkansas and Oklahoma have enacted near-total abortion bans, and Montana banned the procedure at 20 weeks. None of the bills have gone into effect. They all represent conservative efforts to strip down Roe v. Wade. Arkansas's Governor Asa Hutchinson said as much when he signed a near-total abortion ban back in March. I signed it because it is a direct challenge to Roe versus Wade. That was the intent of it. I think there's a very narrow chance that the Supreme Court will accept that case, but we'll see. But now one of the cases has reached the court. Mississippi's law will be a blockbuster case, with the justices revisiting an issue that still deeply divides the country some 50 years after the landmark opinion. Another twist? The ruling could potentially come in the run-up to the 2022 midterm elections. And the Mississippi case will be the third time the justices have acted on an abortion-related case this term. They also agreed to hear a Kentucky case and reinstated long-standing FDA restrictions for patients seeking to obtain a drug used for abortions early in pregnancy. It shows how this conservative majority is interested in the issue. So how did we get here? Well, a good place to start is the breakdown of the current Supreme Court. The court has only recently become a 6-3 conservative majority, with former President Trump's nomination of Justice Amy Coney Barrett, who took the seat of liberal icon Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Before then, the court split 5-4 at times, with Chief Justice John Roberts frequently acting as the deciding vote. 
During Barrett's confirmation hearing, she was asked if she agreed with the view that Roe v. Wade should be overturned by the Supreme Court. What she had to say was evasive. That's just, it's a contentious issue, which is, I know, one reason why it would be comforting to you to have an answer. But I can't express views on cases or pre-commit to approaching a case any particular way. But conservatives are confident that she will rule in their favor. And that's important because just last June, before Barrett took the bench, Roberts joined with the liberals to strike down a Louisiana abortion law, stunning conservatives, including longtime stalwart Clarence Thomas. To understand Justice Thomas's impact, let's briefly go back in time, 29 years ago, in a landmark decision called Planned Parenthood v. Casey that upheld the core of Roe v. Wade, Justice Thomas joined a dissent calling Roe plainly wrong and an erroneous constitutional decision. This was only about a year after he took the bench. Of course, during Justice Thomas's nomination hearings, when asked about his thoughts on a woman's right to choose, he refused to comment one way or the other at that point in time. I do not believe that a sitting judge on very difficult and very important issues that could be coming before the court can comment on the outcomes, whether he or she agrees with those outcomes, as a sitting judge. In another dissent, Justice Thomas wrote that Roe is grievously wrong for many reasons, but the most fundamental is that the core holding that the Constitution protects a woman's right to abort her unborn child finds no support in the text of the 14th Amendment. Time and again, Justice Thomas has since said that Roe v. Wade has no basis in the Constitution. Thomas has been on the bench for almost 30 years. This is 2021, and the court is now 6-3. Thomas has another shot. This time, he may be in the majority. So what does this mean for both conservatives and liberals when it comes to this divisive issue? Liberals' only real hope here is that the court acts incrementally. For instance, it could limit Roe, but not straight out reverse it. When asked about where President Biden stood on this issue, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki had this to say earlier this week. Over the last four years, uh, critical rights, like the right to health care, the right to choose, have been under withering and extreme attack, including through draconian state laws. As such, the president is committed to codifying Roe, regardless of the, the outcome of this case. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly does it mean to codify Roe v. Wade? It would mean that the protections outlined in Roe v. Wade would become federal law. Of course, this would then have to go through both chambers of a very divided Congress and gain 60 votes in the Senate, a near impossibility at this juncture. And as for conservatives, they plan to keep pushing the envelope, hoping to erode Roe v. Wade until it is no more. And even more conservative-leaning states are jumping into the fight. Just this week, Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed into law a so-called heartbeat ban abortion bill. This would bar most abortions as soon as a fetal heartbeat is detected, which can occur as early as six weeks into pregnancy, before many people even know they are pregnant. The White House came out against this bill on Thursday, with Press Secretary Saki calling it, quote, the most restrictive measure yet in the nation and the most recent assault on women's fundamental rights under Roe v. Wade. The next Supreme Court term begins in October, and like we've said, it could be over a year before we hear a decision from the court on this highly controversial topic. But one thing is for sure, even after whatever decision comes from the court, this topic is far from over in this very divided America. 
That's it for today's special edition of the CNN Political Briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. CNN Political Briefing is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is our executive producer. And Haley Thomas is our senior producer. Our episodes are produced by Will Cadigan, Mimi Motessa, Emmanuel Johnson, and engineered by Francisco Monrey and Dan DeZula. I'm Ariane DeVogue. David Chalian will be back on Monday.